Hello, Joe. Exciting times at DeFi Lunch Cafe, huh? Is it? <laughs> well, is that your new sponsor the on your hat? Is that your? Oh new, yeah, uh, Lecoq Sportif is. Well, you know, Lecoq Sportif decided to pick us up, man. Did you have you seen fucking David Sachs on All In podcast? These guys are so. I well, I, you know, I can't even look at his tweets. I, he's I'm such like a piece of shit. I I'm sorry, everybody that loves him, but I. But even though he's just him. saying stuff to to provoke. Well, no, he's also no, he's a he's a Peter Thiel motherfucker. He's a he's a burn the whole fucking democracy down, put in a dictator of my choice, DeSantis now, and let's uh, let's make the world I want as a multi multi millionaire VC. Um, yeah. Well, that's the scary and, twisted shit. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, and, and today he fucking he's trying to kill irony because he's like criticizing someone criticizing some geopolitical guy that he likes and um accuses the person posting it as operating like opposition research only bringing in the shit that 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 makes their point and i'm thinking isn't that what you do on this show every fucking week anyway it's called advocacy it's called advocacy look look we all are trying to manipulate public opinion right and and he more than anybody else, but he has outsized power. The thing that pisses me off on that show is the checks to him are the other three guys. Um, they let him run and make up bullshit. And then anyway, I, look, there are some points he makes. I listen to that show. I try to have an open mind because I think there's some really brilliant stuff coming out. All four guys, those guys on the show. It's, it's actually, I've learned a shit ton listening to that show. Yeah. So I, I like the show. I just, I, I wish Sachs would take an approach of a little less partisan or a little less, you know, whatever. Pro-Russian? So, you mean pro-Russian? Yeah, Pro-Russian. Pro-Putin. Uh, burn Pro-Putin down. the way we should say it, really. Uh, well, and pro, pro-Trumper Republicans. I mean, that's what he is. Because well, those he are knows all that's the his same vehicle. thing, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Bought and sold. Tulsi I Gabbard. mean, so what I, this is the thing I have with a lot of influencers is that I mean, do people not really realize what's going on here that, you know, when you say certain things, then certain accounts follow you and an advertising revenue comes to them. If I was running a PSYOP campaign, the first thing I would do would be attack these platforms because you can really shape the message and incentivize all the incentivizations are to build closed propaganda networks. And that's what I find appalling. And people don't recognize that. So when you look at what the funding that was going on by you know, Putin, and let's not forget, ex-KGB, you know, we all yeah. studied the KGB playbook back in the day, yeah. ruthless yeah. and great at information warfare. And so all of this is just KGB 101 stuff. And I, I just find it that we've sort of allowed ourselves to get um, influenced by, you know, what is essentially Russian propaganda. I mean, when Absolutely. I see like Sean Hannity and Tulsi circulating on our, you know, what is that sh- propaganda network, RT? Um and then yeah. Kremlin cheerleaders playing clips of them to show the Russian public that, you know, and it's portrayed as like, you know, that they're in line or, or loyal to like, you know, this, this Russian strategy that's going on. And I find it pretty just disturbing, but yeah. it goes on everywhere. It's not just, I'm not just picking on those guys because, you know, I, everybody's playing that game. I mean, I even saw like that, you know, quietly, you know, you find all these like fake accounts that are sort of controlled by, you know, let's say one government department and, you know, pick a country and they amplify issues. I mean, who wouldn't be doing that? I mean, anybody that's in a little group, they sort of like, like each other's stuff and retweet each other's stuff. Well, you got 10,000 people doing that. I mean, you could pretty much shape the discussion and, and, you know, that goes on. And I just find these guys that, you know, have, half a million followers or 20 million followers um you know it just seems like a mistake to me yeah uh, long term it's it's not yeah. a decision that's going to age well as they say or not a tweet that's going to age well exactly um, so i'm just kind of disappointed in it but I hey agree, do what you're gonna do man if you want to stick a gun in your mouth go ahead <laughs> all right i love it uh Niblet says Niblet Renee DeResta has spent years studying these networks. She is awesome. 
Yeah, no, I know where you went to, where Niblet went to, Niblet went to graduate school. Um, if he wants to share that, I, I, it's a great school, but they have a lot of really big time um, innovative thinkers in those areas. Um, you yeah. know, remember, Pittsburgh is pretty close to, um, well, Pennsylvania is pretty close to like New York, D.C. and those areas. So I'd expect, yep. you know, I'd love to, to, to talk more about that in the future, Niblets. Niblets has got, the, got it going on, man. I love waiting for a tweet from him after I tweet something. It's awesome. Hey, let me uh, share a screen real quick. Look at this. This is pretty cool. Um, uh, what's his name? Let me find it because I don't want to short. Yesterday, I got to give credit because yesterday I was quoting that Treasure Dow tweet and I never gave credit to the guy that tweeted it. I did online mm -hmm. and had a discussion going back. But watch this. So this this is Sifu's Ethereum address. Oh, it didn't work. Ah, oh, dude, what the hell? Let me go back to the tweet. Let me look at the original tweet. If the glove don't fit, you must acquit. That sucks. Uh, Crypto Gucci tweeted this out today that Ethereum wallet balances automatically show up in Google searches, but I'm not, I'm not getting that. Is there like a keyword I got to put in? No. I don't like it. No. What the fuck? Maybe put the wallet and then put etherscan.io with it and see if it pulls it all together. You know, because they're pulling it from etherscan.io. Maybe the first time. And see what happens. Nope. I still know. Nope. But then that if you sucks. click that button, boom, it goes there. Yeah, yeah. But I want to see it in the search results. Yeah. That's, that's rather – I should have tested this before I got on the show, but – um, by the way, if you don't follow uh, at Crypto Gucci, you should, if you're interested in keeping up to date with everything Ethereum. He's an Ethereum maximalist, um, and uh, he keeps up. I don't know how he keeps up, because he keeps up with a, awesome threads and a newsletter, I think, now, because he's worried about getting banned um, of Ethereum news. Great follow. Highly recommend it. Crypto Gucci? Crypto Gucci. He does throw out the occasional religious uh, tweet, but he's very uh, non, uh, just, you know, Jesus loves you stuff. So. Oh, yeah. He's following me already. Okay. All right. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> no, he's not. He's not. I'm not going to misrepresent, <laughs> dude. I'm just joking. Oh, misrepresent. Look, he does follow me, though. Uh, now, he occasionally <laughs> quotes, um, he occasionally tweets about guests I have on the show, and he'll oh, cool. point to the show. So, yeah. Oh, I uh, got a guest booked, uh, a really cool new service in a group that I'm in on Telegram. Uh, one of the guys in the group is launching a project that's really cool. So we'll we'll talk about that more, but he's going to come on with us this week or next, I think. So well, good. Uh, yeah, I want to start booking more guests. I really want to get more people. Yeah, in I got to get off my ass on that too. Chit chatting Sorry. with us. So um, anyway, um, this is old news and we actually briefly mentioned it, but I didn't realize this was US. Um, in uh, if you got your crypto and FTX, uh, you can now get a debit card to spend against it. Um, so, you know, if it's not a big hodl you're doing, you got your stablecoin stake there. Great way to, to put yeah. them in. Now, I have no idea, you know, what the conversion or fees are like in there. So, you know, do your own research. I haven't climbed into it to look in FTX to see what, what it takes to qualify. Um, but it does, it is available for us. So I'm assuming that's FTX us, uh, not FTX.com. But, uh, anyway, that's a handy service. Yeah, Nice. Um, I mean, it's not revolutionary, but it's just handy. And I like the exchange. Um, we'll come back to that in a little bit. Oh, well, I was going through, um, the most recent fundings on DeFi Llama and, uh, saw this one moon mortgage, uh, somebody that's doing, um, crypto mortgages. So, um, and I love this quote from the guy that built it. No bank would touch me with a 10 foot, foot pole. So I built moon mortgage, which is great. You got to love that kind of inspiration for it. Um, average loan amount is 1.6 million ETH. Average close time, 14 days. Do we know what the collateral ratio is? I don't. Uh, let me see if it gives any details. I just opened this before the show. Yeah, so no, no, this is what we do. Man. Assets are hundred percent secure. As transparent, never stop innovating. We're here for you. Oh, join the wait list. Okay, so they're not disclosing. They're not disclosing all the details yet. I don't guess. 
I mean, because look, what, what's what are they really competing with here? They're competing with Alchemix and Liquidy and groups like that, where you can go in and stake and borrow against at, you know, probably I'm guessing lower collateralization levels. Yeah, yeah. I'm guessing this is going to. Well, here we go. Avoid avoid taxable events. All right, this is going to get interesting here. All right. Well, because you're borrowing instead of selling to get cash to buy the house. Right. Got it. So, so you're oh not a tax event on the actual crypto. On the crypto, because okay. you're not selling it to buy the house. Makes sense. You're borrowing yep. against it. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, okay. You still maintain ownership and full exposure to the market's ups and downs, ultra low liquidation because we take a traditional lien against the property. Oh, so very low, I would assume, liquidation levels as they're stating because they are actually mm. acting like a regular mortgage. So they're their first lien. Yeah. Taking the lien on the property. That's cool. I mean, that's the you know, if it's a mortgage, that's what you would want. But yeah. then they're getting essentially double collateral because they got the crypto and the property. Yep. Bitcoin or mm. ETH. Yeah, I don't think, but I, it sounds like the there's a very low amount for the liquidation. Probably the liquidation is to cover any loss in value or something. Yeah, but no, what I'm saying is a Nibbles says, good. Nibbles says, but if your debt is priced in ETH and ETH moons, that would be a painful mortgage. No. Well, I mean, you still get the value of your ETH long term, right? So if you pay off your mortgage, now the question would be is whether they allow you to leverage more of your ETH to pay off more of your mortgage. That would be cool. And is um, it denominated in ETH or denominated in dollars? I'm assuming you know? they denominate it in dollars. Yeah, <clears throat> I gotta, because I, I think that's what, that's what maybe Niblets is saying that, you know, if it was pegged to the number of ETH at the start and that goes up, yeah. That becomes yeah. a bigger payback. Um, yeah. They got to have something in there to hedge against that. Yeah, I would if, assume every, so. With everything else, I would think they have that covered <clears throat> somewhere. I would think so. Um, so I went ahead and reached out to the founder of DeFi Lama today. I don't know if he'll DM me back, but I was like, dude, you just need to sponsor our shows because... <laughs> we're always talking about you. We're we talk about your shit all the time. And why don't we just make it official? You know, let's consummate this. We'll put your brand on. you be the only sponsor. You drive traffic to us. We'll drive brand for you. We'll use your tools all day, every day. Um, you can tell us guests you want us to interview. New protocols you put into the into the DeFi Llama. I'll interview them on Mission DeFi or on DeFi Lunch, whatever. Because you know, new tool, TVL breakdown by smart contract language, and this is this to me is really cool because I'm always interested no, in, in the languages and how they're doing. Right. So Solidity is currently at sixty two point three seven billion. Uh, Viper is at 6.45 billion. Rust, so Solana, 2.17 billion. Uh, Cairo is at 402 million. I don't know what Ride is. I got to look up Ride because I don't know what the fuck it is, but it's got 201 million. And Bitcoin Script has 110 million locked in. And, I, you know, Bitcoin you Script is pretty limited. Do you think it's those DeFi, BTC DeFi plays where it's script is being used? maybe but i mean it's no. so limited there's not a lot you can do with it uh haskell is at 74.81 million i think there's one blockchain that's dedicated to writing code in haskell uh, i i don't remember what it was uh c sharp 59.353 million clarity is 11 million which which blockchain was clarity shit well that's what i kind of wanted to ask next like what is what is phantom built on uh, Phantom is Solidity, EVM okay. compatible. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, well, Phantom can be Solidity, Viper. Um, that's what I was looking at the Viper, wondering that. Yeah. Yeah. Solidity, Viper, Python to some extent. I, I'm not, but there are, there is a blockchain, you know, um, Algorand is Python or Python derivative. Um, I have no idea what Motoko is. I have no idea what Pact is. Mm -hmm. Cadence I've heard of before, but I don't know what chain. And Clarity I know I've heard about, and I've actually discussed on this show, and I can't fucking remember what chain it is. So I'm gonna look up some of these because you know me, I love this geek shit. So yeah, no, uh, no, I mean I take a look. Yeah, I, I always am always excited to see C plus plus hanging in there still. <laughs> you know, fucking 25 years later from when we saw it everywhere, and it's still going. Here's the percentages. Uh, Solidity, 86.71. Viper, 8.92. So effectively, 96% uh, of TVL is on EVM right there. I mean, that's wow. that's just about, yeah. 96% of TVL is on EVM. Uh, Solana's got 3.04%. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, that's essentially what that means. So, Shoot. interesting. Uh, oh, and this was something else. So I went to their recently listed protocols page. And, yeah. uh, you know, the first one on the, the most, oh, it's moved down. But the most recent one on the list with $2,910 is an Olympus fork on Ethereum proof of work. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Quickslop has launched a lending protocol. That's what's cool about these pages on, on DeFi Llama because now we can actually find shit that's launching new, right? Now Quickslop is doing lending. So I like that, man. That. You know, I mean, that's a yeah. well, you know, in a way, it's you know, DeFi Lend or, or DeFi Llama Lend or whatever it was called just started doing lending. So now yeah. you see, here's a you know, one who wasn't doing lending before now is is jumping in that, that's that's interesting yeah maximize your yield contribute to risk management and create unparalleled opportunities to make the most of DeFi. so this is the quicksop lending page it's interesting yeah what was the deal with speaking of swap what was the deal with that sushi swap story that was going around i mean what the hell <sighs> i've is got that? this loaded up but let me get let me oh sorry go ahead i'm, go gonna, on I'm next. gonna well because i'm gonna get into a fucking rant and and it's going to piss people off because people like being assholes. But uh, here, I'll pull up the tweet I sent. You you liked it because you, you have to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, no, I thought I said something good. I don't, I don't like everything you put up. I mean, well, that, was me, of, sub, but that yeah. was me subtweeting because I, I, oh, where the fuck is it? That looks different than. Oh, there was my. Hey, man, does any Metis Dow? I was like, well, I've I, I've interviewed her, and um, it's an impressive operation over there. But I can't find. It's my got a sassy look to her. You know, yeah. I was kind of like, I was surprised. I was like, hey, what is she like? Thirty-five. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she doesn't. You know, you think, oh, I mean, when I've never when seen her before. When you've mm -hmm. sold your soul, you can get whatever you want. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Piece of shit. I'm sorry. For those of you that like her, I apologize, but just. Yeah, I don't know her. I just kind of was. Okay. Here was my tweet. I love the reverence and the enthusiasm of DeFi, but some of you need to figure out you're messing with other people's money and careers and grow the fuck up. Right. So this, the new head chef CEO of sushi swap um, some random anonymous fucking Twitter accounts started accusing him of all kinds of stupid shit yesterday. Didn't do any research, you know, didn't do anything else. The first thing they accused him of was scamming people in a previous project. Um, and he came out with showing what had happened that his partner who had hired him, he wasn't a partner like, Oh, they were partners that built something together. He mm. was hired and made a partner. His partner was actually taking money from the project and he and the investor in the project fired the partner and paid back the people that lost money. Right. The people that tweeted all this shit didn't bother to look at it. Didn't bother yeah. to fucking go back and look at it. Then there happens to be a guy in the same in the porn industry with the same fucking name, right? And it helped their um, scam to the fact that the guy in the porn industry has a similar beard and mustache to the head of Sushi Swap. So <clears throat> when you look closely, you can see the two faces are not the same. But they were claiming that for 13 years, he was a porn star and that he was even involved in bestiality porn with a horse. Right. And so they did this entire thread of this shit. And then all of the fucking immature idiots in this space start spreading this shit and adding to it, making it worse. Well, what happens? Sushi drops 10%, right? Because nobody in this space goes to fucking bother to find out what the guy's response is, how, how stupid all this shit is. And look, I know everybody's making jokes. I get it. Everybody thinks it's funny. They're posting pictures of horses under all his tweets. They're fucking screwing around. Oh, yeah, like that. that. Yeah, I, I couldn't figure out what that was all about. Okay, no, but, I know. But, but this is the thing, people. This is people's fucking money, right? This is, this is somebody's career. And it's time for everybody just to grow the fuck up a little bit. 
I'm not saying stop shit posting. I'm not saying cold people and don't hold people in check. I'm not saying do the research, don't do research on the backgrounds of people you're investing in. All of those things are fair game. But don't just go tweeting shit out irresponsibly and not have anything to back it up and then just pile onto it and make it worse because you've just made a bunch of people 10% poorer. You've made a protocol that's trying to recover itself. And by the way, I have no fucking sushi. So I got no bag in this. I got no investment in this. I got no nothing to gain in this. So you just need to, everybody understand that. But this shit of everybody just piling on to fucking rumors is ridiculous. It's just out of hand. And so anyway, that's why I tweeted it. Cause it yeah, just you know, me it's off. funny. I saw that and, and I saw one tweet that said about some gap on his resume on LinkedIn. And so I went over to look at that and he does have a gap there of like 15 years. So it fed into the whole story about him like doing something else. I mean, my recommendation, everyone, is if you, you know, fill that gap on LinkedIn. Well, yeah, fill the gap. And look, if he turned independent out to be a porn consultant, star, student, if he, whatever. Yeah. If he turned out to be a porn star, okay, you can talk about it and make jokes about it. But just don't make the fucking accusations until you can. Prove yeah. It. You know, it's no, just, I agree with that. And don't pile on to it, right? It, it, I, look, I, he could be he could turn out to be all of the things he was accused of but i don't think he is and i'm pretty confident that the vcs backing him know he isn't and there's a lot of people that have worked with him that speak incredibly fondly of him and talk about what an awesome human being he is and how much he cares about the community as a whole so yeah. you know just think about the impacts of your actions right just well, think through what you're doing so. Yeah, I think they probably were. It sounds like a coordinated hit, you know, like uh, yeah, it to does sound like a coordinated hit. Yeah, I'm sure but, somebody um, somebody fed this shit out and made it money on the short yesterday. Yeah, so you know, it's like I don't know, but to me, who, who are the VCs? It's I was thinking like I know we have we're talking about the vote there that put him in place, and it was really like four, five, voters. four, five wallets. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and those were like VC wallets. Or Primarily, like I'm sure Wales. VC. I'm sure Xerox Maki is one of them. Um, okay, because he's probably one of the largest holders. So the VCs would dig into this guy, you know. Of I mean, course. at a level that he none of this would would have stayed hidden because the first thing you would hope look at is the LinkedIn re resume, and they're gonna of be like, course. "Dude, what's the 15 year gap here?" And you're right. gonna have to explain which, it to their satisfaction. Which you're absolutely um, right. It's stupid of him not to have it in there. Maybe yeah. he was a porn star, but sure as hell doesn't look like him to me. But, you know, who, who knows? No, the I'm not saying though, he was. Or it, yeah. I'm not endorsing that. I'm just saying that for no, all of us, you know, fill that. I mean, if you have gaps, you know, you say I was, you know, I mean, you don't lie. You were a student or you were an independent consultant or you were a homemaker or you were, you know, took a year off to travel around the world. You know, put it in there. Yeah. Um, because it shows diversity. It shows overcoming challenges. It shows like groundedness, um, yeah. but big gaps <laughs> at its trouble. And I think the people who targeted it probably saw that yeah, and used it to go after him. So that's all. I'm not saying he is a bad person at all. I'm just saying. No, that, I know that. I know that. I know. Yeah. That. Anyway. So that, that, that's the shit that was going on that, you know, uh, that just, it just pisses me off. Yeah. People don't think about their actions or, Actually, they probably do, and they don't give a shit, you know? So uh, Niblet says the flip side is an inorganic narrative piece, price depression like this is a perfect buy opportunity. Yeah, that's true. true. That's uh, absolutely true. You know, you could, could jump in on this dip. Speaking of which, let's look at prices real quick, Joe. We didn't do that. Yeah. A nice big dump last night, um, but looks like it's trying to recover it. Yeah, I was looking earlier You're this down morning. down to 17 yesterday? Well, it looked like equities were just getting crushed earlier today. I mean- Nikkei and Hang Seng had a big sell-off last night. Like I think Nikkei was like 750 points or something. And that usually translates that Europe opened soft, and it did, and then the U.S. But I didn't see the same level of selling as say, you know, Nikkei. But that was a couple hours ago. I have not. I, I thought somebody said that the Bitcoin dropped to 17, but I don't see it. I'm seeing 18871 on this chart. Yeah, I just I saw oh I saw like a little deterioration there, but I didn't really see again. You know, we're all just waiting. It seemed to yeah. me. Yep, absolutely. But, you know, I didn't say anything that stood out. Let me just look at uh, equities for a second while we're talking about this. I mean, I'm kind of getting tired of looking at this because we're waiting on Thursday. Look, Dow's up. Let me refresh. 
That's yeah, the saddest. Yeah, Dow's up three hundred. Dow's up a percent. Nice. So. That's the saddest fucking thing of crypto right now is that we're all sitting around. We can't decouple from the fucking Fed. Yeah. It's like I, we're all sitting around waiting for the fucking Fed to tell us what's going to happen to our crypto. Uh, it's 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 yeah. Until we decouple, and you know, so to that end, you know, I was looking back at some of the stuff that you know I've been holding on to since you know we started sliding. You know, the like Geist and Matrix Swap and Sift Chain and and those and you know I know Geist is you know you know, is a permissionless protocol, but I didn't realize that there's like no owners to it at all. I mean, it really has no interference in it. And I, at least that's what it's saying. And I was curious, is that true? Because that fits a criterion to me then of one of the ones like a Canto or something where it really is, could be an autonomous protocol. Right. So I would invite everybody just to look at that more. Um, Matrix Swap, again, I, 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 you guys know I talk about all these all the time. They just launched a cross-chain feature for uh, swaps that seems to be being received well. Um, it looks like, you know, they're somehow in that group with like, you know, router and define and polygon, you know, that kind of, they're on the fringes of that. It looks like, so, you know, keep an eye on that, but you know, wait, one, wait, keep an eye on this. Look at this, Joe. What do we got? <laughs> I can't see. US USDC. TC, Terra USD classic is up 36%. Uh, it's supposed to be pegged to a dollar. It's now, 5.73 cents. I was looking at that when I was holding Lunk. And, uh, you know, I was like, oh, that's the stable. I'm like, you know, that's fucking never going to do anything. <laughs> I was thinking, that's the one that requires like the 7 trillion burn or something like that. Yeah, it's up 83.65%. Yeah. In seven days. But look, it's trade is going up and down. I mean, that's if you want to trade something, you know, again, uh, you got to have your touch. your trade hat on. I don't want to get locked in that shit. No. Fuck that. I haven't touched that one. I had uh, the lunk left over from the debacle. Um, you know, when different people sent it to me for basically shutting down protocols. And, you know, like, hey, thanks for your three grand. Here's 10 cents. Catch <laughs> you next time. You know, and you're like, yeah, fuck you, man. <laughs> but, but it's that kind of stuff. So I eventually dumped it, but it was nothing major. Just when I sat there looking and I'm like, it was in like the, I don't know how many zeros in a five. And it was like, I was like, man, it's like a three and a half billion dollar market cap. And you look at the trading volume of LUNC for the day and it's like $1,400 or something. And I'm kind of like, mm, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> and there's no. no protocols, barely any, anyhow. Wow. So watch that. Be very careful with that. Yeah. Um, so I think it's the ones that we're looking at that you find a lot, Brad. You know, the ones that don't have tokens. Yeah. You know, I got into zero VIX today and, you know, put some money into it to earn some VIX because I'm like, if these guys are hooked up with the Polygon crew and all of, you know, the Indian crypto scene, um, you know, which has a lot of Chinese and Hong Kong people in it now, too, then that could get some traction. And we talk about communities. Well, you got 1.4 billion in them of yep. Indians in India. So, yeah. you know, that's a community. Exactly. And and they they pay, you know, it's I'm not gonna say they have some kind of a you know buy India first kind of thing like we hear ranted about in the US often, but you know, they are loyal to their tech industry, just like Israelis invest in Israeli tech. Yeah, you know, Indians invest in Indian tech and they trust it better and they want to make it better. So, you know, anything there I'm keeping an eye on. So zero VIX is one. Um you know, so in Canto, you know, I'm like, shit, I was going to buy it last week when it was at seven and now it's at like 14 and a half. And I'm like, miss that one. Yeah. But, you know, miss that rush. But, you know, there's still stuff to be going on there. I mean, they're doing stuff. So, you know, why not play there? You know, and that yeah, is truly absolutely. decentralized, like like yep. Brad always points out. So I think that's where we are going to find these gems. Um, in my mind, because everything else, the boring stuff's going to get gobbled up by TradeFi now or FinTech or whatever you want to call it as all that capital comes bridging in um, in some way, shape or form. And we have to keep pushing the envelope and keep finding that edge because that's the truly innovative tech. And I, I just think that there's there are places for that in that could be huge. Um, and so just like somebody posted something recently on Craigslist. And all the companies that have spun out of Craigslist, you know, that were just like little categories on that sloppy looking page. Well, yeah, they they've take they've taken on those categories. Yeah. 
And so I like, you were know, they spin outs or were they just ones that went after those categories? I don't know how, I don't think it was, I don't know if it was a spin out from Craigslist, yeah, but it yeah. spawned from there. I don't know right. the particulars, but right. I thought, you know, so there's something that <laughs> was like a, an aggregation play that got carved up, you know? So, you know, like a roll up kind of thing, not ZK roll up, but a roll up of businesses. And so then you see it un- de-rolled up. And now you have all these unique businesses doing what was being done there. So I think in crypto, there's a lot of the same. Like when you were talking about DeFi Llama yesterday, I was thinking along those lines about once they start lending, you know, I mean, that's a business. You know, there's like all these just the stuff you showed yesterday, smart contract by TVL that you showed today, smart contract by TVL volume. I mean, to me, that's a slice of data that I've never even really kind of thought about. So you look at that, it's another metric to look at. Um, yep. You know, if you're not in those top three, you have a big road to hoe at that point to right. disintermediate or disrupt that market dominance. So to me, that says Polygon, Metis, Optimism, Arbitrum, and all the other ones that are, you know, those those types that are going to dominate. So look, that if you're not there, then you got to make a really big case as to why you're better i don't think solana makes that case myself but no i don't either think, you know, i don't either things like i'm just bringing up kind of industry analysis stuff or you know competitive analysis you have to really think about when you're looking at things and i think our best service is really looking at these cool ones on the edge and then helping them come to come to market in ways sure. that you know adding you know our bullshit input so so it's uh, <laughs> it, there's a lot of good stuff out there Hey, real quick, I want to give a um, shout out to Javier Ang underscore on uh, Twitter. Um, I We quoted his tweet yesterday, tweet thread yesterday about Treasure Dow. Um, and we discussed him yesterday. He was excited that we had mentioned him on the show because he's actually this. He's actually uh, calls himself a trusty helper of Jason Choi over at the Block Crunch. And by the way, the Block Crunch is one of the um, podcast I listen to regularly. He has really good guests on great insights. He's an investor. Um, Really, really good stuff. But uh, Javier's research work is really good and he does some really good threads. So I encourage everybody to go over there and give him a follow and uh, just wanted to give him credit because we did not acknowledge it was his thread yesterday on the show. Um, Good job. That was good stuff. This is an interesting story. The EU Commission is putting out a request for proposals for e- Ethereum DeFi monitoring. So they want a real-time monitoring tool, which there are dozens of them that exist that they could use off the shelf or as a service. Um, that DeFi will allow th- yeah, the, yeah. The, but it will allow them to alert on illegal activities and other things. And um, at first I was like, oh, fucking idiots. And then I thought, wait a minute. Um, that makes sense. There was a quote in here from Circles, uh, uh, Circles head of general. EU policy and strategy, who said um, the capability of regulatory bodies to automatically monitor compliance by reading public blockchain data could drastically reduce the need for market participants to actively collect, verify, and deliver data yeah. to authorities. Right. So it could dramatically decrease the reporting requirements, and it goes back to. You know, that thing that Niblets was talking about, maybe very slowly governments start to go this way because they're first trying to track criminal activity. And then they realize, wait a minute, we can help people report their taxes or we can help people do one, two, three or four other things. Maybe the first step is this regulatory monitoring that then says, wait, we can do more. Right. Wait, 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 wait. I I just got to make sure I heard this right. Brad, Mr. Decentralized, you're saying. Governments can come in and help you with your taxes. No, no. Watch what I'm what saying. You're doing. Did you read Niblet's post in our in our in our? Reddit? Yes, I did. Okay, so that's what I'm addressing. So what what I'm saying is is if it starts with regulatory, right? It's all public mm-hmm. knowledge. It's all blockchain. It's all out there. It's yeah. transparent. That's our strength. The if the regulatory guys start using blockchain for monitoring for illicit activity, then maybe the next step is gradually things start to happen in government where blockchain is used for other things, right? And that may be, hey, rather than you having to fill out and report all of your shit related to crypto as taxes, you submit your wallet addresses to us and you can set up a stream 
for automatically paying your taxes out of the transactions as they happen. And then you don't have to go through all that bullshit at the end of year. Now, these are not my ideas. These are Niblet's ideas, but they make a ton of sense. Um, so what, what this quote from the circle head of strategy in the EU made me think of is maybe this is the first step. If you reduce reporting requirements, right, because you can track illicit activity and you can alert a protocol of something amiss, then you can go to the next step, right? Well, how do I reduce tax compliance issues? Oh, I'll give you my wallet address because I don't want to file my own taxes. I'd rather it just be you know, part of, part of the process. I mean, part of the 10 to or something. Yeah. 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 It's just automated. Boom, 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 boom. And it, and if I want to, I can pay it on the fly. Right. I'd rather have that. Mm -hmm. I'd rather have that hit on the transaction than the hit at the end of the year. And maybe they'll get much more tax collected if they do it in real time via streaming. So anyway, I, I just thought this was very interesting. Um, at first yeah. I thought, Oh, bunch of idiots. They'll fuck this up. They'll spend a fortune, blah, blah, blah. But you know, the data is there and the tools exist. So it shouldn't be too hard for them to implement this. Well, I think to your point that, you know, I was kind of thinking of a slightly another application that, you know, when the government gets comfortable with that sort of, okay, using these types of, I guess, scanning tools or monitoring tools for DeFi, for AML, anti-money laundering, the terrorist stuff, and, you know, the know your KYCing people, um, you know, then it could go into other areas. Like they'd be, hey, wouldn't this be great if, we did this for elections, you know, and because the, they got comfortable with this as it because, you know, AML KYC kind of fits in that national security narrative, too. That's pretty high stakes. So if they get comfortable using it in that world, then they're going to get comfortable using it in other worlds that aren't quite as um, high you know, impactful in it that way. So, yeah. you know, one could be elections. Others could be, you know, um, you know, I was thinking about. Uh, you know, with healthcare, something with healthcare and genomics, pharmaceutical you know? supply chains, you could be doing. Yeah. All kinds of things. So, you all know, kinds it gets them comfortable with it. Cause yeah, there's a good point. Look, next pandemic -y thing that happens, you know, you're going to be wanting to monitor that um, those supply chains like that at the outset. So there's a lot of applications that these, you know, these groups might start looking more favorable to. So that's a great it, point. Look what Niblet says. How much tax do I owe? Guess. Okay, this much. No, go to jail. That's our system now, right? That's our existing system now. And then he says, IRS wallet will be written in COBOL. <laughs> God, that was the... Man, you know, it's funny because I think it was Fortran in COBOL. And then I think Pascal came along. That's fucking hilarious. And then it went to like the C's and C++ and all the, that kind of stuff. But that is an old one, man. That was, that yeah. was the old punch cards. If you know, we ever cold. find a nib, if we ever find another niblets, we're going to have a, a, a DeFi lunch open mic night where we can have our, our comedians get up and do their bits. Cause he's funny as shit. That's great. Speaking of niblets, remember we were talking about messaging systems. He has just like collaborative community opened it up in the mission DeFi DeFi lunch Reddit. Um, his entire idea for a messaging system for crypto and DeFi. Holy so shit. yeah, man, this is fucking awesome. So I would encourage everyone to get in there. I gave it a brief run through yesterday, but I mean, this is a, this is a legitimate product need in the space. And it'd be really cool if collaboratively the, the team, the community could jump in here and let's help him define this or help him get better ideas around it. If he wants to build it, that would be really cool if we could help kind of make it so. So anyway, Niblets, thank you for trusting all of us in the community with your with your babies, with yeah. your ideas. And uh, I promise you, I will get to uh, feedback and thoughts on this stuff. But uh, it's really cool that you posted it up there. He says, huge market for COBOL programmers these days. A oh, that was Eamon that said IRS yeah, wallet said written in COBOL. Yeah. Sorry, Eamon. Uh, and he said, yay, buddy, got to build that sweet, sweet Fed chain. <laughs> <laughs> that's great so everybody go give um niblets your feedback on this idea because it's something i've been wanting and been thinking about quite a bit i've actually specked out some notes about a messaging system that helps protocols communicate with their holders and people that are interested and invested in it instead of having to deal with fucking discord as he says what did he say uh projects use noisy and inconsistently accessed channels for mission critical comms leaving many ill positioned twitter is too noisy it's algo can't be relied on for just-in-time mission-critical comms, and Discord is just a giant bag of cats. Yes. It's a giant bag of cats shitting in every direction. 
I can't. You know, I never can get the Discord, man. I'm in there. I'm on there every day. And the only thing that saves Discord for me is the inbox feature that's not available on the app, only available on the desktop. But that's the only thing that saves me. Um, anyway, thank you, Niblets. I encourage everyone to go check this out. It's uh, it's at the r slash Mission DeFi Reddit page. I'll um, go in. Cool. Oh, uh, Scooter uh, thought that maybe Pathfinder uh, was your handle on Twitter. We had to do with zk sync Pathfinder, but he did let us know that the Across Bridge Protocol has announced airdrop uh, eligibility. And he told us we should go all check it out. So this link will be in the show notes. Uh, you sent me the link, Joe. Here it is. Um, the link will be in the show notes uh, for you to go over there and maybe do a little bridging on a cross if you like. I don't know. That's up to you. Um, but it uh, looks like an airdrop may be inbound for these folks. So thank you very much, Scooter, for uh, sending that over. He also made me aware of – whoops. Where's my Reddit, Rabbi? Sorry, guys. I wasn't organized this afternoon. I didn't have time to get my my shit ready. Um, oh, there was there, Brad. I saw. Go back to uh, the picture here. Hold on. Let me finish what All I'm right. on here. Hold All on. Right. Hold on. I got to find this because this is actually important. Of course, I can't fucking find it. Okay, listen. I'm gonna put a. I'm gonna put. I'm. Oh, James, your scooter. Holy shit. James Strickland is scooter, dude. Sorry oh. about that. I never made oh, that dude. connection. Uh. All right. So. Um. There is an exploit. Robbie added swaps to their wallet. If you have used the swaps feature in Rabbi, go to their um, Twitter page and do the, um, you can revoke access. There's an exploit on their swaps, smart contracts. Go into the Robbie app, go to security, go to tokens, and then search on the smart contracts that they posted in their Twitter handle. Um, there is um Evidently, they can drain your wallet, and mm. Robbie did a shitty job of communicating it and then getting the um, smart contracts addresses out. I'm actually pretty disappointed because I love that product, but their communications on this were just shit. Um, mm. But you can go here to their – it's Rob, Robbie underscore IO if you're a Robbie user. I've already done this. Uh, and then there's a thread here that shows the wallets to revoke. And there's also a thread that they copied in that uh, shows you where go into security, go into token approval, and then you paste each of the addresses from the smart contracts into uh, that interface for each of the chains uh, that you may have used with Robbie Swap. So be careful out there, boys and girls. Hmm. Uh, okay, Joe, you Good wanted news. to talk about this dickhead. Oh, right? <laughs> I just thought that, you know, again, I mean, I don't. Really, dude? I mean, is anybody does anybody really think this looks cool? Yes. All People of the do. idiots that follow and worship this guy like he leads them as God. I, I don't fucking understand people. I really don't understand people. Your need to worship an idiot is to me just astounding, humans. All of you humans. Um, I, I, I just... I, I mean, it's just flabbergasting to me. That yeah, you know, hey, whatever. Not to mention, he's too fucking old for this shit. I mean, and a little, on, little dude. portly too for those little body glove suits it's, for my taste. You know, it's all you're already an embarrassing human being because you're scamming your followers, and now, now, now you're worse because every day it's the same shit about how much money you pissed away on shit with brands on it. Just, just, just I yeah. Just, I don't get. Well, it. you know, I get it if you're young. You no, know, I don't get it. I, I don't get no. it. I don't ever get it. No, I mean, because look, a lot some of the brands are worn in, in other, you know, like hip hop culture and things like that, or just, you know, professional sports culture, whatever you want to call it. Um, but not in that an ensemble, you know, it's not it's not all and then the gun case, you know, I'm just like I don't like any of it. I don't like any brand. I, I don't like paying to advertise your brand. No, I'm, I'm not rarely, saying rarely. that. I'm I'm yeah. talking about that, you know. Well, let's just say, you know, rappers and stuff like that will wear gear like this and they're young. And, you know, you could say it's stupid or whatever, but I get it why young people would do it because, you know, it they're aspiring to something and they've sort of attached that as something they're aspiring to, I guess, rich. But this guy is, I don't know, man, it just comes across as a clown to me. Well, and it works, though. That's the sad thing. 
Mm-hmm. They got you got you got two hundred and seventy thousand followers. Most of them investing in the shit that he puts out that is complete garbage, and it's just it's pitiful. It's yeah, and that's here's the here's the irony, right? <laughs> You've invested in his shit. You've listened to him, and then you watch him wearing your money. In this way, in this sad old man, as as Euphoric says, overinflated ego way, and you're still investing in him. You're still following him. You're still giving him money. I, what does the chart look like on her? You deserve to get burned. You deserve to fucking get burned. Sorry. Just no, no, you're well. I threw it out there so because it just seems so absurd to me. I just want to see what Hex looks like. I own the world's but... largest diamond, quickest Ferrari, and most expensive Rolex made. Twenty-seven million charity, ten million watches, three million cars, and people are investing in Pulse Chain and his Hex shit. It's just, oh my oh, god. Yeah, his one-year chart's not looking too good. Well, he's down like from forty cents to like a a nickel or so, or three cents maybe. Yeah, I don't, you know, while spending all that money, um, you know, to me, it's that you kind of need to think about um, that, you know, what messages are you sending to your investors? Eventually, exactly. they're going to go, wait, wait. I mean, I guess I know nobody's an investor and blah, blah, blah. It's it's whatever. But, you know, your community stakeholders, let's put it that way. I mean, it's like you're letting them down. Um I don't know. I think you always keep it tight to the vest money wise until you actually are generating positive cash flow before you go out and get Mr. Fl- be Mr. Flamboyant. But, you know, I don't know. I mean, does this that. is just a societal problem in general. Yeah. What is this? Niblet says 270,000 SIM cards and a Chinese farm follow him. <laughs> now, nah, dude, because I have taken a trip down this fucking rabbit hole and it's so depressing because there are real people making real videos, lauding him as the hero of the world. And it is pitiful and sad to watch. I mean, maybe he pays them all, who knows? But um, it's just, it, it's just, just, just. Well, I, and you set think. yourself up for depressing. such a it's depressing. fall. Yeah. When you behave like that, you set yourself up for such a fall because if he ever does fall, the rest of his life, everybody's going to be like, hey, yeah, he's the guy who used to look like this. You know, yeah. while he's sitting out in front of a Mickey D's with a paper cup asking for change. You know, it's yeah. like, it's just not, everybody wants to see you fail. I mean, except for his community members because they get jealous or they get pissed yeah. or they get angry. I, I just think you got to, I mean, I know it's kind of a blend between a, maybe an influencer and a, a crypto guy, but still it's like, what, you know, that they aren't, they aren't really the same thing anymore, I guess. Yeah. For me. Yeah. Um, but anyhow, let's move on. You already have. Thank you. Have uh, Ryan Selkis is still engaged in the political world. And um, these are his three recommendations for Congress. Uh, two Democrats, one Republican, which shocked me because Ryan's a pretty hardcore uh, libertarian. Um, but uh, uh, good to see him make the list. So it's uh, it's good. Um I don't know any of those. Cortez Mass still sounds familiar, but I don't know where I can't remember where that person's from. Uh, I believe Texas on that one, and I I have found uh, Richard Hart's uh, followers. What do we got? There we are. Oh, Nevada Senate. No, right here. These are his followers. This is Richard Hart's followers. <laughs> it's actually a guy that plays Pokemon Go. But it's still funny as shit. Wow. Yeah. That is pretty. I mean, I thought, you know, get annoyed at people for like looking at one phone sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I bet his, it's a guy, right? Yeah. I bet his wife's super happy, man. Oh, his wife loves that shit. Well, he must be making tons of money, though, you know? So what the fuck? She's probably very happy. You don't make any money on Pokemon Go, do you? Oh, you said, oh, it's Pokemon Go. Okay. Sorry. That's what it said in the article. Wait, let me see. Yeah, well, go grandpa's bike evolves to hold 64 smartphones. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's kind of got that peacock esque look to it. The iconic gamer 
his grandson taught him to play Pokemon. He said he only plays the game to catch and upgrade rare Pokemon and rarely participates in raids or game battles. <laughs> anyway, okay. Yeah. Not hey, crypto related, but funny as shit. Hey, one other thing before we go on to the next thing is that, you know, I was thinking more about chain binders in our discussion yesterday. Yeah. And what I really started thinking about is since it's, you know, I don't know if everybody got it, but that, that 774 ETH that's in reserve there at the top, that's the backing for the NFTs, that came from when people bought the BND token to spin the Gotser machines. So that's all sitting there. So it physically backs the, the NFTs. So I started thinking, you know, I started thinking about the, you know, like in a way you're kind of staking ETH when you buy the BND and then get the NFTs because it has a floor value. So you are actually kind of staking it. Well, I like mean, theoretically, theoretically, you could get NFTs that have no value. Well, right? yeah, yeah. Some, some are no value. But I mean, when you have them and they're backed by it, it has real value. So you start thinking what you really have there is almost like a stable NFT, you know, pegged to ETH or backed by ETH. And I wonder, has anybody been talking about stable NFTs? But, you know, everybody was a stable coin. They always think, you know, a dollar or something like that. Well, but if you, is there any shit pegged into like BTC, like um, a BTC thing stable or a. There, there are stables being launched on Lightning related to BTC. And um, Dyad is uh, a dynamic um, NFT based stable coin. Um, okay. is coming soon, about that. very soon. Remember those guys? So, yeah, I forgot all about them. I have to look yeah. at those videos. So that's man. coming out pretty soon. Yeah, you can watch my show where I interviewed Joey Roth, who's brilliant. Uh, guy has a ton of past success. Um, I'm trying to see if, if there's any liquidity for BNB. I haven't been able to find anything. Is there maybe an interesting like strategic play there? Was it QuickSwap where BNB was or was it um, Cometh? It was Cometh. Was I know there was a pool there. But you could also buy it on Uniswap on layer one, um, as well as Cometh on layer two. But I think those all went down at some point when Doki Doki was getting, well, at least the Zuki and Doki did when they're getting ready for that next transition to the next project. They pulled all those out of those liquidity pools, I believe. Yeah. BND is currently $3.06 on uh, Cometh. Hmm. Uh, and it opened at five, right? Wasn't it five? Or yeah, six? and no, it ran five up to like the minimum. 20 something, and then yeah. everybody dumped because yeah. they wanted to get that 5X. And, and some a lot spun, obviously. Right. But the trick was you bought it on the dips to spin the machines. You didn't buy it when it was up high and use that because it cost like, what was it, like 10 BNDs per spin or something? Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to get the machine opened up. The links are broken on the Chainbinder site. Mm. Anyway, so interesting. Um, you know, there could be a play there. I I'd, I'd like to do the math out on, you know, how many NFTs you'd have to buy and what the odds are of getting. I mean, he's got the odds in the machine, so we'll look at that. Anyway. Yeah, no, I always thought the odds were the odds worked for me. But what I'm getting at is now you have an NFT that, you know, is pegged to a real thing. You yeah. know, I mean, that thing moves, of course. Right. The stable's not really the right word. And peg, pegged is part of it, backed by ETH is part of it. Collateralized by ETH, I don't know. There's, there's, there's different things. My point is that when we talked yesterday, whatever that is, that could be a whole new category of product. It's because, true. Again, you can then use that to anchor other NFT collections. You know, you could park that and earn yield at you know places like, you know, DeFi Llama Land or you know, anybody else who's, who's doing that with NFTs. So, and that's a real one. It's not based on, all NFTs are based on to date, but things like this are based upon really subjective value in comps. You know, what were the last prices? Now, if you like a picture because it's pretty, then, you know, price isn't the issue, but all of the lending functions are all really based on comps of previous sales at the lowest sale point. So it doesn't really unlock the, the true value of it. Now, if someone comes in as a collector of that artist, obviously subjective comes on top of that. Sure. But other ones are just that, yeah. you know, just subjective and comps. This has actually real value. And, and I just think there's something there that we could figure out on that model for, you know, not just as a protocol and a funding mechanism, let's say, or what we talked about the other day, but 
there's something more, there's something bigger there because it actually puts a real value on that NFT, a hard value yeah, yeah. Um, that nothing else gets. And, you know, I invite everybody to think through that or find stuff that's doing that or find other projects similar to that. Cause I'd love to know about them. Yep. Uh, Joe, I got to drop pretty quickly. Um, no, I wanted to record, I wanted to uh, correct the record yesterday. Uh, we showed yeah. the article yesterday that showed Decentraland only having 38 active users. Um, both Decentraland and Sandbox came out to dispute the data yes, uh, after that article came out. Um, not our article, somebody else's article. Evidently, the article was based on smart contract interaction um, and not based on actual users. And there's another data source called DCL Metrics <clears throat> that can track uh, other data for Decentraland, um, the number of people who log in, the number of people who move out of a parcel, et cetera, et cetera. So Decentraland has um, monthly active users of 56,697. So divide by the 30, I guess, to get to your daily. Uh, 1,074 users interacting with smart contracts in a month, 1,732 minted emotes, 6,315 sold wearables. 300 creators received royalties, 161 created community events, and 148 DAO proposals. So let's take this number. Um, if you're one of those monthly active users, hold on one second, bear with me. You are worth $22,928 based on the uh, current uh, ma market cap value of Decentraland of $1.3 billion. If you all own the tokens, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I'm just making shit up. Yeah, yeah. No, no, but it makes sense. No, I mean, look. Well, each of those users is worth to Decentraland. Yeah, no, I mean, look. It's, Eamon says some Decentraland person shaking their head saying, we're so early. These DeFi bros don't even know how we use this stuff. There you go. <laughs> look, you know, I remember when everybody was in buying land and, you know, we did, we were looking at projects there. It's just, there's so much to look at. I mean, I love the idea of building, you know, uh, metaverse versions of say your existing office facilities and then interacting in that office from an at-home environment in, you know, various metaverse type environments. I think all that stuff makes a ton of sense. And, but I don't know which one's going to win. You right. know what I mean? And I don't, so when it comes to buying land or, you know, setting up a casino in the metaverse or a gambling hall or whatever, I mean, you could run anything out of there. Escort service, you know, weed delivery. You can do tons <laughs> of things. Um, voting, you know, church. Joe's, um, Joe's going full in on creating the dark web metaverse. No, no, no. It's a friendly Welcome place. Uncle Joe's world. Our logo is a white van. <laughs> it's a friendly place. It's a friendly, safe place. Okay. <laughs> but the idea is that how do you, you know, which one is it? You know, because I don't, you know, I don't know how they're, I mean, you know, I think they're all going to interrelate by being like chains that pipe across to others and you're going to get mirrors and it's going to be more multiversity than metaversity in my mind but it's a hard one for like me to get to thinking where you know i still have that physical limitation in my mind like how do you know how many people are really gonna ever be fully in there yeah. um just hanging out and you yeah. know and it's i'm probably wrong i mean it's probably going to be everybody but you know it's like we see how that ends up in a lot of movies <laughs> it's like i think matrix is one <laughs> i'm yeah. thinking of right there and a few other ones that people are not really, it has to be some of kind of blending immersive into real world to me, or it's, I just don't see it as something that's going to be like the nine to, you know, the, where you are all day, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It's still an anyway, application. You got to go. Any, I know. No. I, well, not just that, but anyway, I, you know, look, I want to give credit where credit is due. Absolutely. Well it's done. Awesome that they have 56,000 monthly active users. You know, I think to get to where their valuation is, they're, they're going to have to keep doing exactly the kinds of things you're talking about. It's like, look, how do you make this sticky? How do you make people want to keep coming back? Um, but it's obvious that things are happening there. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, definitely should. Um... Look, it's, you know, I look at it just real quick, like when dot com was going on, I was looking at a lot of projects every, you know, mid 90s. And everybody was like coming up with these things. Oh, come to the website and order the thing and it'll be shipped to you. It was all like things like that. It was it was stupid shit. Yeah. And then it got to where I was figured out, well, wait, the thing you want to, projects you want to align with are the ones where the 
consumer interaction and fulfillment and development all occur in the digital world. I mean, obviously yeah. now, today, yeah, that's, oh, of course. But back then it wasn't. People were trying to like blend different things in. And so to me, I think it's the same thing here that we haven't quite figured out the applications or I haven't seen them yet where it makes total sense, yeah. you know, and those areas where people are really going to dig in deep. And, you know, I could see them, you know, ordering food, um, you know, the restaurants in there hanging out. You know, we talked about it in one project, you know, real world interactions within these metaverse platforms where you do something there and it happens in the real world. So I see stuff like that, but it's just, it's, of course, it's a little clunky right now. Yeah. I mean, I think it's going to end up being something really cool. I just don't know what. Niblet says 13th Floor is a great virtual reality movie. Mm. Thank you, Niblet's Eamon, James Alas, a.k.a. Scooter, Euphoric, uh, Sean. Uh, I guess that's it for the day. Thank you all for participating, for helping us out. We love you and appreciate you. We love all of you that listen to us. Please take a minute to rate or review us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It just takes a couple of minutes and it will help us a lot. Links to that are in the show notes. Um, join the uh, Mission DeFi DeFi Lunch Reddit at r slash Mission DeFi. Um, we appreciate you being here. We appreciate you listening. Please spread the word and let everybody know about it. If you're watching us on YouTube live, please subscribe and hit the little bell so you get notified when we have new episodes coming out. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your grandmother. Um, Joe, thanks so much for joining me. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Yeah, thanks for joining me too, Brad. I always enjoy chatting with you. And, and thanks for all the interaction from the community. It's, it's yes. really a good time. Thanks. It's really cool. Thanks. Take care, guys. Bye-bye.